If you want to know some of the sneakiest plays that nobody else is on for week 17 of the fantasy football, the DraftKings, the DFS year, the season, well, we're here right now. Not now, but right now to let you ladies and gentlemen and you beautiful fellas, fellas, fellas know. Let's slide into it right now. The first player that we will talk about is currently coming in at a very low ownership number. It's a 14-game slate. You're getting good players at low ownership at fair price points. Dollaruskis are going to be made, people. And this person is going to help you with that. A wide receiver. An undersized one who has a lot of speed, though. Who is it? Is it Sal? Is it Devonta Smith? No, his team barely throws. It's another guy who's got a better quarterback whose team throws a little bit more. And that's going to be out in Seattle, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett this week I have currently four at $6,400, 15.2 fantasy points at 5% projected ownership. But everything right now for Tyler Lockett is projecting on and looking pretty damn nice. You can start with the game environment where it's a 25-point team total. Check. You can start with the matchup where they have Detroit secondary that just lost their best cornerback on the year who had a career high, was having a great year, six interceptions, a warrior in the secondary out of Penn State. He's out, and now they already rank 32nd in coverage. So their best cornerback is out, and they already ranked dead last in coverage. Check that box, baby. The remaining starting three cornerbacks, the slot and the outside cornerbacks, all give up at least, at least. That means that minimum 72% catch rate, meaning that they are giving up. The best cornerback on the lines that is left is allowing balls thrown his way to be caught three quarters of the time. And we know that when balls are thrown Tyler Lockett's way, right, the deep ones. Even though Tyler Lockett right now has missed two games, only playing 14 of the 16 games this year, he still is top three in the NFL in passes of 20-plus yards. They call those the deep bombs, the long bombs. Chicks dig the long ball. So on the season so far, Mr. Tyler Lockett is averaging over a 25% target share, over seven targets per game. So he's getting the volume, and he's getting that deep volume right now being number three in the NFL in deep targets. He's seeing 10.6 yards per target. That's top five in the NFL. And not only is he getting normal volume, deep volume, so upside on top of that volume, he's getting a lot of it, and there's some upside on top of it. He's being efficient with it. All these things are hitting. He currently ranks top eight in yards per out run, an efficiency metric that shows you're actually converting on all this usage that you're getting. Check those boxes, baby. So the reason why we're getting Tyler Lockett at this low ownership number is, in general, the, the narrative on Seattle is down. Tyler Lockett missed a game because of COVID, and then he came back and had his worst game in months, only having three catches on six targets for 30 yards. But if you take that game out, five of his previous six games before that game, 13 or more fantasy points, and four of those same six games, 18 and a half or more fantasy slash DraftKings points. So I like Tyler Lockett. I mean, I can compare him to, let's say, Amari Cooper, who Lockett's coming off of a bad week, who's been having a good year all year long. Amari Cooper is coming off of a good week, who for the most part has let people down for the past couple of months. And Amari Cooper is 6,600, more expensive than Lockett. I have him as well for 15.2 fantasy points. The exact same number as Tyler Lockett coming in at 10% ownership. So double the ownership right now on Amari for the because of last week. It's a one-week narrative because of the better game environment for Amari versus the Cardinals. I like Lockett as a one-off this week. I'm not trying to stack that game up. I think he looks really good. We all know what his ceiling looks like, and he's getting enough volume to make that happen this week in his best matchup of the entire season. And now for our second running back, right? You like that little shift right in there, like as if I'm sliding Chris Collinsworth style, right? The little grimace. Hey, for a second player right now, it's going to be a running back. And it's just so, it's, just, it's coincidence. I didn't set it up this way. I mean, I guess I did technically, but I didn't mean to. It's coincidence that this guy is on the same team as Tyler Lockett. But hey, we like it. I think you could play both of them, but I'll probably stick to one. But I think you could play both of them if you really wanted to. Not with Russell Wilson, but, you know. Hey, running back Rashad Penny is currently coming in at 
100% ownership. We talked about it in the final thoughts video on Friday. Go back and check it to know exactly how to win the slate. We talked about that this range of the $6,000 range hovering around it, give or take a couple hundred bucks, is where all the action at running back is really living this week. And there's some chalky players popping up in that range. But because of that, because of a couple of guys and because of Antonio Brown at the wide receiver position being the same price range, all of those guys soaking the ownership up, it's leaving good players at low ownership, right? It's leaving a Rashad Penny who's $6,100 with a 14-point projection on my end at just 6% projected ownership, even though his team is a seven-point favorite with that lovely 25-point team total. So you check those two, right? Those, those look great for a running back. And then you continue to look into this. I mean, this is his backfield. There's not much threats here in this. This is his backfield on the ground and a little bit in the receiving game. He has a positive 34% run blocking advantage against the 31st ranked run defense of Detroit that ranks dead last in tackling. Oh, you want to know why that's good? You want to know why ranking 30 Second, dead last in tackling is good for any running back, of course, but for Rashad Penny specifically, well, the former 2018 first rounder who was known coming out for his speed and burst at six foot two, 220 pounds, and then he had his injuries along the way. He's looking like that guy right now, but he's adding on another dimension of his game of actually breaking tackles and being efficient there. His 12 broken tackles over the last three games of when he's kind of become this RB1 for Seattle, those 12 broken tackles rank third in the NFL. And now he gets Detroit, who is allowing the, the, the most broken tackles on the year to opposing running backs, ranking dead last in tackling. Oh, this is a beautiful sight for low-owned Rashad Penny. Over those last three games, he's averaging about 15 opportunities on the ground per game, over 100 yards per game, and he has three touchdowns. So he's, he's balling out. He has two games over 130 yards. So we take our chances on these types of guys at low ownership, especially when they're trending in the right direction. And yeah, his head coach in this offense in general for the past five years, uh, opposed to what the entire media and public wants them to do, let Russ cook. No, it's been let Russ hand off. So for comparison reasons, you get Ronald Jones at 6,300. Again, another player more expensive here than the player we're talking about. So more expensive by $200, 13.2 fantasy point projection, less fantasy points. I'm projecting Ronald Jones for less fantasy points at a higher price tag. He's coming in at 12% ownership though. So he's coming in with double the ownership, even though he is projecting out lower and he's more expensive. Hmm. Why is that? Well, Ronald Jones, more people are talking about him in the industry. Oh, he's attached to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, uh, okay. Split backfield last week with Keyshawn Vaughn. Good luck with that one. And hey, it would be a crime of me before we get into the final three fellas. And we, we got we got some good ones. Tr trust me, we've got some good ones. You're going to want to stick around for these to not let you know about the two props that I've taken so far. I've actually taken a couple more in the other videos throughout the week. But for this video, I've taken Gronk over 49 and a half receiving yards. This is a lovely prop. It was a blimp on the radar last week. They're going to need the underneath stuff a lot more than they did last week, facing more too high safeties. That's Gronk's bread and butter, especially with no goblin. I have him for 68 receiving yards this week. He's at 49 and a half. Hammer hammer that over on pricepicks.com the best place the best place to get your props it's illegal in texas florida new york places where sports betting is not yet set up it is a fantastic spot to find props for anything you want and if you use the code class for the remainder of this week week 17 and then it's over you get a free bet up to 100 so you, lo you love that even if you already have an account tell your mother your brother your sister you ain't your uncle and use their account sign up using the code class deposit and when you deposit you get a free bet up to 100 dollars and my DFS course, 10 plus hours. It is going to be the last day. Monday when week 17 is over, that is the last day I'm ever putting this course out there. So it's the last time to ever get it. If you want to, go ahead and check it out for free. It's a $100 course for free using the code CLASS. Gronk over 49 and a half receiving yards. Marvin Jones under 45 and a half receiving yards against a good Patriots secondary where this team has struggled all season long, now dealing with some injuries up front for Jacksonville. And Marvin Jones finally coming off of a game where he sees some volume, but still very inefficient with that volume. I'll take the under 45 and a half receiving yards later in the season for an older player. On Marvin Jones I'll take the over 49 and a half receiving yards 
for Mr. Gronk. I have one more prop. I'll let you know at the end of the show. I think it's going to be an interesting, sneaky one. But let's get into our third player right now, a wide receiver. A wide receiver that I love. Near and dear to my heart that I've been loving so far in the beginning of the year. It looked like dynamites the first month of the year. And then things started to slow down for this offense. Dak Prescott, maybe he's a little bit hurt here, right? A knee bruise for Zeke Elliott. Amari Cooper's ribs are all fucked up. This offensive line is, is doing some weird shit. Lyle Collins, right? Tyron Smith, he's back with his back injuries and neck injuries. All right, so now they're all back and rolling. Last week, C.D. Lamb. He's the that one dude right here. $7,100 CD Lamb for 17 fantasy points at 8% ownership. So getting up there a little bit, but still lower owned in a great game environment. The best game environment of the week, a 29-point team total and a 52-point game total. This looks great. Arizona's secondary that CD Lamb is going to be going up against ranked 16th overall, but it's trending downward as they lost Robert Alford over the last couple of weeks. So that's good news for CD Lamb in this receiving core. CeeDee Lamb so far this season has played about 45% of the time out of the slot. With Robert Alford down, they've actually moved Byron Murphy outside a little bit more, which leaves their worst cornerback likely in the slot, which is where CeeDee Lamb for about half of this game is going to get to quote-unquote feast against Ant Hamilton, who in a limited sample has given up a 71% catch rate. Again, if you're trying to get into the X's and O's, good for CeeDee Lamb. But in general, he'll move around the field and he'll get his good matchups. Last week, CeeDee Lamb goes out there. Amari has a good game. Amari's price tag is still lower, so that's where some of the ownership is coming in half the ownership right now or so so cd lamb comes in even though before that he had 19.2 fantasy points 15 fantasy points 11 fantasy points on 13 10 and 9 targets it's just a one week blimp a, a game where they blew the other team out they didn't really play in the fourth quarter he kind of had to get the stuff done in the first three quarters and dalton schultz got the touchdown zeke scored a touchdown amari just wasn't his week in, in two and a half quarters of play before the starters got pulled but on the season he's still seeing strong volume if we can look past just the one week right 22 percent target share 8.1 targets per game dallas ranks top five in passing plays per game so upside there of course for more volume he doesn't leave the field with playing 100 percent of the snaps so far this year beautiful and he's getting that volume he's staying on the field and like tyler lockett he's remaining efficient top 12 in yards per route run cashing in on that volume with some efficiency as well so let's compare him right let's i mean at eight percent own that's a good spot especially for a player who has that much upside just because of a one week blimp on the radar even though this is the best game environment it's confusing to me but aj brown I have Adrian Brown, who's more expensive, 7,200 for 17.2 fantasy points. I have Lamb for 17, so very similar. AJ Brown, 15% owned. So we're seeing a similar thing here, right? People are just choosing. AJ Brown popped off last week on primetime. Uh, Amari Cooper uh, getting higher ownership, had a good game, 11 targets in the last time out there. So people are feasting on this narrative or these recency biases, which I thought DFS players were ahead of or, or over, but I guess now with a lot of season long leagues ending, more people flooding the streets and casuals in here. Maybe, I, I don't know. But CD Lamb right now, that one dude looks fantastic the final two fellas that we shall talk about the good fellas if you will how you doing out there hey let's go to a running back here who is he, he he's practicing for the first time in a while he had a concussion for san francisco elijah mitchell right six thousand dollar elijah mitchell i'm 15.8 fantasy points five percent there's a couple reasons why the ownership is low one one big one is his his injury risk right so he had a concussion but then he healed from that concussion as he was healing it was discovered that he was dealing with some knee inflammation and he's missed the last couple of games for knee inflammation and a knee injury but he returned to the practice field on thursday First time practicing on Wednesday, first time practicing this week in a limited fashion. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping by the time this video is out, he's not ruled out. But if he is, just carry on. But Elijah Mitchell right now, he's looking solid. I mean, the injury is one thing. I'm not concerned at all. I mean, the matchup, first of all, the matchup is, is amazing against Houston. They're going to be massive favorites, 13 and a half point favorites, a 28 point team total. Best potential spot for a running back on the slate, probably. And then you throw in that he's in San Francisco's rush offense, even better. And then you throw in that he's facing Houston, a positive 81% run matchup is number four in the week. Houston ranks 20, 31st in tackling and 25th right now in rush defense. That 31st in tackling is important because Elijah Mitchell breaks over four tackles per game, which ranks top 10 in the NFL. So you might be saying, oh, but Sal, aren't you worried about Jeff Wilson? He looked decent the last time that we saw him out there. Decent is what I would, de decent is what I would say against 10. No, 
No, no, no. Jeff Wilson, I'm not worried about this guy. Jeff Wilson runs a 4-6-2. This is an outside zone running scheme, meaning can you get to the outside? That's why Raheem Mostar benefited it. Matt Breida for a little while. Elijah Mitchell, that's why he's the guy right now. Can you get to the outside quick and turn up field? A 4-6-2, Jeff Wilson is not doing that. And that's indicated by his 3.8 yards per touch. Whereas Elijah Mitchell, the younger rookie who doesn't have all these injuries piling up like over time Jeff Wilson has, I expect a 97th percentile Elijah Mitchell speed score, 90th percentile burst per player profile. I expect those to slot right back into the, the elite running back role that he's had this year. He ranks of active running backs fourth in opportunity share in the NFL, meaning targets and touches on the ground. Now, who ranks ahead of him? It's only Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, and David Montgomery. He ranks ahead of the likes of Joe Mixon, a workhorse back, Jonathan Taylor, a workhorse back, Alvin Kamara, an elite running back. He ranks ahead of those guys. That's how good his role is in this offense. There's a reason for that. It's not because Kyle Shanahan just thinks, oh, this guy's the best in the world. No, it's because he fits. His skills fit the scheme good. He gets to the outside. He turns up. That, that's what it does. Jeff Wilson doesn't do that. Jeff Wilson plots for two yards up the middle. Maybe breaks it half a tackle and gets another yard, right? So, no, Elijah Mitchell is going to slot right back into the full-time role. I'm not concerned about that. So Jeff Wilson's not a concern. If he's back, the injury isn't, isn't a concern, clearly. The only, only other concern is that the last time, the only other time we saw Trey Lance start, and he's in line to start this week, it was only nine carries on the ground for Elijah Mitchell and 16 for Trey Lance. That's a one-game sample. If that's the reason why he's going to come in low-owned as a massive opportunity share running back as a 13-point favorite and can easily run in two touchdowns or easily carry 15 times for 120 yards in this matchup, if that's the only reason why it's because Trey Lance, if that's like the last good reason, I understand that reason. I respect it. But if it's going to give us a 5% owned, if, if, if 15 to 20% owned Elijah Mitchell was this week, then I can poke I can poke holes in that and say, well, Trey Lance can fuck this up. But if Trey Lance, if that's the only reason why he's 5% owned, I'll take it. Thank you for the leverage. Thank you for the leverage on a top five. David Montgomery is going to be 25% owned because he has a high opportunity share. Elijah Mitchell is going to be 5% owned with a very similar opportunity share. Think about it. If you wanted to compare Elijah Mitchell to Sony Michelle, who's 5,800, 16.2 fantasy point projection. So yeah, Sony Michelle comes in slightly cheaper, similar projection, 15% on three times his own. And we get it. There's a lot of question marks around Mitchell, not many around Michelle. Although there you go, there's there's a comparison for you. He's going to be leveraged off of Sony Michelle, leveraged off of Ronald Jones, et cetera, et cetera. The final player that we will talk about right now, the final player that we will talk about, an honorable mention before we talk about this guy, especially if something happens with this guy's injury status, uh, Odell Beckham is definitely going to be a leveraged play this week. Great game environment, continues to produce out there, continues to get even better looking out there, more connection with Stafford, fair price point, coming in somewhat low on because he's in the same range of all these other 6K running backs and receivers that we're talking about. So Odell Beckham is an honorable mention, and we'll, we'll talk about our last prop right after this player here, but... Marquise Brown at 5,900. He, he ended up popping up on the injury report on Thursday. Just track that. Make sure it's not anything serious. We didn't get too much details on it. 14.2 point projection at 5% ownership. So you're seeing a trend here. Low-owned guys with decent projections who have the capability to hit a ceiling. I think we all know that Elijah Mitchell in that offense. We all know that Tyler Lockett. We definitely all know CeeDee Lamb. These guys have ceilings. And I believe that Marquise Hollywood Brown has a ceiling. Did you know this? I put out a tweet. I mean, I guess I figured it during the middle of the season, but the last couple of weeks, Mark Andrews going off for 100 plus yards a week. Nobody's really thinking about Hollywood Brown, and, and this is why he's low owned. Hollywood Brown has a top 10 op target share in the NFL. He has a 27% target share of the Ravens' targets. He's averaging over nine targets per game. And now he comes into a game where his team's going to be trailing. It's either going to be Huntley, he's off the COVID list, or Lamar. Lamar doesn't look healthy. So if it's Huntley, fine. Huntley threw his way 14 times the last time these, these guys played. He gets the Rams secondary, which people might be, oh my God, Jalen Ramsey. No, Ramsey is continuing to play the majority of his snaps in the slot this year. He plays 40% slot this year, majority compared to the outsides. And he's also being used in the zone in the middle of the field. So he's only playing on the outsides about 25% of the time each right now. So I'm not as concerned about that. Hollywood Brown, I'll see him a little bit just based on where he's lining up on the field for that specific play, but definitely not a shadow matchup. If anything, it's even more important for Ramsey to stay in the middle of the field where Mark Andrews, the monster, has been dominating the last month of the season. So there's a couple of interesting things to look at here for Hollywood Brown. He's only seeing 7.3 yards per target, returning 74th in the NFL meaning that 
he's not converting on a lot of these deep targets. So it's like, oh man, they're using Hollywood Brown in different ways. He's only running these slot routes like you saw with the Tyler Huntley game against the Packers. But then you look at it again and he's top five in the NFL in deep targets. So that's not true. So what does this mean? Well, it means that Lamar and the other quarterbacks who have been in there lately, but mainly Lamar in the year, has been inefficient on the deep ball. And we kind of know that. Lamar looked good for like the first two or three weeks of the year and the deep ball looked great. It's kind of fallen off and maybe the injuries and things like that are, are reasons why. So when you have a bad yards per target, you're not converting on your, your overall targets with deep plays but you're still getting deep attempts, the opportunity is there. So I like it. I think it's keeping him a little bit underpriced. It's definitely keeping him under-owned since Mark Andrews has been going off lately. He's seen seven or more targets very quietly in eight straight games, right? He's top 10 in the NFL in targets right now. This is Hollywood Brown, right? Nobody really thinks about it because Andrews has been the dude the last month and this Ravens team has been kind of falling apart because of injuries. So I'll take a dude with a top 10 opportunity share in downfield upside in a game that they're going to have to be throwing as decent underdogs against a secondary that is likely overrated in the Rams secondary. It's not a terrible secondary, but it's not the elite secondary it once was. So yeah, I'll take Hollywood Brown there. And we can compare him to Christian Kirk. I love Christian Kirk this week. Uh, Christian Kirk's going to be 10% owned at a very similar price, 5,800 and 14.4 fantasy points. Everything for Christian Kirk projection-wise looks similar to Hollywood Brown. Kirk, because of the game environment, is coming in twice his own. That doesn't mean don't play Christian Kirk. It depends on your lineup. If you're playing... Cardinal stacks, yeah, Kirk's probably getting in there. But if you need a one-off with a lineup that already has a lot of ownership in it, yeah, start to consider the Hollywood Browns or the Tyler Lockett's instead of going to the guys twice there as owned as them and, and Amari Cooper's and, and Christian Kirk's, right? So there you go. There's your that one, dudes. And my final prop that I have for you on the beautiful site of pricepicks.com, code class, free bet up to $200, free NFL course. Tell your mother, your brother, your sister, and your uncle to sign up, use their account and deposit. If you already have one, take advantage of these offers. I've taken Jalen Hurts over 40 and a half rushing yards. The last two weeks, he hasn't gone there. Last week was a little bit fluky, right? A terrible game. They ran the ball nonstop. But now Miles Sanders is hurt. Jordan Howard is dealing with injuries. They might be down a couple of backs in that backfield. And you start to look at this and, okay, he had 38 yards the week before that. And then the week before that, it's basically like every single week he's hitting this number for the past couple of months. Jalen Hurts runs, right? This team runs the ball. They run the ball with Jalen Hurts. Uh, this past week, they decided to not do that as much. We'll see if that's more of a trend or more of game. But watching that entire game of mine, it was a brutal game. It was awful against the Giants. It seemed to be that they might have been scheming in a little bit more runs, but now they're down a couple of backs that they normally don't have. So we'll see what ends up happening there with that. I do like the over 40 and a half rushing yards, but there is there is a reason. There is a reason to say, okay, maybe they want to scheme him out of that running game a little bit, but the impromptu plays are still going to be there. So I'll take Jalen Hurts over 40 and a half rushing yards in that one. We probably need the game to stay relatively close for that to continue to be hitting so thank you for tuning in before you all leave i just want to say happy new year to all of you you're probably watching this it comes out on the first or the second so hopefully you have a lovely start to your new year you're staying safe out there on the eve and by the time you're watching this that hopefully remains rings in true happy new year everybody i appreciate you tuning in it's been a lovely 2021 let's kick off with this video right here the first video of 2022 let's kick it off let's kick it off with a bang let's make it a lovely lovely year i'll see you all in the next one gang sunday live stream be there or be square appreciate you all a ton Peace out, gang.